It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Block Talk Radio. Over there. Over there's the water. Whoosh, whoosh. And look at all this stuff I'm standing on. It's called sand, and it's everywhere. This woman may sound silly to you and me. It's made up of little tiny pieces of rock. Teeny little pieces of rock. But to her two-year-old son exploring the world around him, <laughs> she makes perfect sense. How does it feel when you touch the sand? Is it warm? Uh-huh. It's hard to hold in your hand, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Learning starts long before school does, and children are naturally curious. They want to learn, so follow their lead. Take simple, everyday moments, like sorting laundry or playing on the beach, and turn them into learning moments. Is this water? No. Very good. This is sand. Oh, <laughs> no, no, it's not food. It's sand. We don't eat sand. <laughs> Turn everyday moments into learning moments. Find out how at bornlearning.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. I'm your host, Joy Keys, and I want to thank you so much for tuning in. You can check me out on Twitter, at Joy Keys, or you can become a fan on Facebook. Just look up Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. And now I am on Instagram. Yes, I am finally on Instagram, so check me out there. And you guys know I give away a lot of prizes and gift cards and movie tickets. So you want to follow me on Twitter, tag me on Instagram, uh, check me out on Facebook, okay? I encourage that. I also want to say thank you so much, really thank you for listening to my voice. I mean, we're past a million downloads, and that's all you guys wanting to listen to my voice and the wonderful guests that I've had on. So I just want to say thank you, thank you, and thank you. Well, today, another great guest. (laughs) I've just been blessed to be able to speak to some wonderful people from around the world, a great author, columnist, editor. He works at the Wall Street Journal. Um, He worked at Time. He's about to have one of his books turned into a movie about Aaliyah. He also worked on something about James Brown. We'll talk about that. So this guy is multi-talented. Uh, good morning, Chris Farley. Hey, thanks for having me, Joy. It's great to be on. Yeah, wow, you are a busy man. When do you sleep? What's going on? <laughs> well, I know there's a lot to do. And, um, you know, i got two young kids, uh, a 9-year-old daughter and a 12-year-old son. And I read a lot with them, and they read a lot. And so that's one reason I wrote this book, Game World, because I thought it was important to have books about people that you know look like people who are in my son's classes, and um, the publishing the publishing world is so restricted and segregated and 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 um, walled over. And I wanted to write something that was different for our kids. No, I really like I said earlier before we started. Thank you so much because when I was growing up, you know, I was reading books uh, like you know Ursula Le Guin and things of that nature, and I was into fantasy and sci-fi and into games and, and going to the arcade. <laughs> I know I don't, I'm don't. i showing my age by saying going to the arcade because I don't even know if there's any arcades anymore. But, um, you know, I, I just didn't have that. And when I saw the write-up, I said, what? 
And then the name of the world. Um, now, can you pronounce the name of the world that they go into and play in? Is it Zamakia or Exmakia? How do you pronounce well, you can, it? You can pronounce it any way you want. But, you know, I often pronounce it Zamakia. Some kids pronounce it Exmakia. People, I, I think it's it's up to the kids to decide how to pronounce it. So the, the, the book is about a game world. It's about these kids who discover a fantasy game they love called Zamakia is real, and they enter this fantasy world um, that's a little bit like Jamaica, but with fantastic elements and creatures and wild things that I heard about one, um, from my from my parents and from my from my grandparents um, um, who uh, who are from Jamaica. I was born in Jamaica too, but left when I was young. And one reason I wrote this book is because you know I loved fantasy when I was a kid. I loved J.R. Tolkien. I loved C.S. Lewis. But those books were rooted in the old world in Europe. And and I thought, well, why not write a book that's about the myths of the New World, you know, about the Americas yeah, and yeah. Jamaica, and sort of reflects some of our modern concerns and our different concerns and our diverse concerns. Because I, I think kids um, deserve a chance to dream in color. They can't always just dream in black now, and white Chris, and dream about the Chris, old world. That's Chris, let me, book. Chris, let me just interrupt you. We're having a lot of static with you. I'm not sure, is it a wire or you um is this better? Um, yeah, okay, well, we'll keep, try to keep... Yeah, so I read that you were born in Jamaica, and I figured about uh, Anansi, the spider, and I definitely learned about uh, Brer Rabbit um, when I was growing up, but I don't know if a lot of other kids, you know, know about that. So it's wonderful that you intertwine. But not only do you have African-American or um, Islanders in the book, but you have... Um, uh, an Indian character also, which I realized later as I was reading, I was like, oh, my God, Anjali, and then the elephant. And then you have Indian folklore in, also interwoven into it. So it's a really multicultural book. Yeah, because, you know, the myths of the world don't begin and end with the myths of um, old Europe. There are great myths out there all around the world that I wanted to sort of tap into. And a lot of them have sort of common roots. And I know that kids know a little bit about this from, from, from their families. And it's just great when I go to speak at um, uh, schools around New York and Brooklyn um, or wherever else, and kids say, hey, you know, my grandparents told me about that, or I knew a little bit about this. It's cool to see this in a book. They light up when they see themselves reflected in the books. You know, uh, there are a couple thousand books published each year just for kids. You know that less than 3% of kids' books feature um, black protagonists, and even fewer kids' books feature protagonists who are Asian or Native American or Hispanic. It's, um, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy because, you know, and also one of the main characters who's a power character is a woman. You have a young lady who's head of a corporation, which I also noticed and I think is wonderful because when I was growing up and reading, you know, Tolkien and those types of books, I, I related to the male character because that's the only power character. The women were like these side notes. It was like male-dominated world. And so um, I'm glad that you had female characters and also the sister. Okay, let's talk about there's, there's, a, there's a story of two uh, children, and their parents have died also. We want to talk about that. And they're living with their aunt. And the, they're very smart. They're nerds. And the sister is actually even almost smarter than the brother, which not to, like, put down boys, but I think it's wonderful because you just don't see that. 
you don't see smart female characters. So thank you. Yeah, I wanted to create characters where kids would have fun reading the book. They would see themselves in the book. And they'd see things they may want to aspire to be like later on. Because um, the other thing I found is a lot of books that deal with African-American characters um, were often in. Obviously, it's important to have books about slavery and about civil rights. But most of the books that are trapped in that era. They're about you know, slave times or civil rights times. Important areas to discuss. But that can't be all we're about. We're about more than that. We've lived in many different areas of history and many places around the world. We need to encompass all of what we are in books so kids can imagine the possibilities of what they can become. And books are a great place to start. And also so kids who, who aren't black, who aren't um, who are from different cultures can read about us and read about other cultures and be able to cross those divides. People would wonder, geez, why don't we all get along? Well, part of the reason is because we're not reading about each other. We're not discovering each other's cultures from a young age because kids' lit is so intensely segregated. Yeah. Well, let's start at the beginning. Why did you become a writer? Why not a scientist or, you know, uh, I don't know, a singer? Why did you become a writer? Well, you know, I have three brothers. One's a mathematician. He graduated from Harvard and from Oxford. Um, I have another brother who's uh, uh, two brothers who are lawyers. They both went to Harvard Law School. So uh, we kind of had had those other areas covered. So I thought maybe I'll become a writer. (laughs) Oh, and you also went to Harvard. Let's not forget to mention that. (laughs) I I did. And Harvard was a great place. I really grew as a writer there. When I was at Harvard, I... Um, I was a member of the Harvard Lampoon, was a great sort of comedic magazine, the oldest, you know, undergraduate humor magazine. And I met a lot of people who were sort of good at telling jokes and good at seeing the, the humor as a satirical side of life. And it really taught me as a writer how to do that and how to do that better and to hang around with people who had that kind of sensibility. And some of that comes through in my writing today for kids. How long did it take you to write this book? Um, and also, I wanted to ask about the illustrations in the beginning of the chapters. Uh, did I read something that somebody, your daughter helped you with that? Is that true? Uh, yeah, well, um, here's how this, those illustrations were done. Um, the, my, my kids did help me with their book in terms of they, they read the book and they gave me feedback. This works, that doesn't work, kids wouldn't say that. I did the book along with a friend of mine from the Harvard Lampoon, Youngjin M. He's born in Seoul, Korea. Um, he lives in the New York City area now. And he um, he collaborated with me on the book and drew all the pictures for it. And he also worked with his daughters on some of the illustrations to sort of bring that childlike um, uh, perspective to the things that he was drawing. Okay. He's, just, he's, a, he's a fan. Okay. the best illustrator I know, the best artist that I know. It was just great to work with him and have his input on how this book should be put together. Well, I'm glad that you have a little um, index or so in the back because there are so many different characters, uh, creatures, crossover, names, everything. You just can't keep up. So in the back of this book, I want to let people know um, if you're reading it and you're like, well, I don't know if my kids are going to understand it. Trust me, they'll be okay. They catch up faster than we do. And also he has like a little uh, index in the back to kind of help you you know, explain what different places are than uh, fantasy places. Because a lot of stuff crosses over. There's always a lot of points in the book where it's like, he keeps saying the main character, am I dreaming? Is this, is this the real world? Is this the, the fantasy world? Am I in the game? It's almost like three different levels going on. 
So um, I think that was also interesting. And you also talk about economics, which I thought was so sneaky of you. You you got some adult stuff in there a little bit. Yeah, there's some very you know important themes about in the book about economics and wealth disparity and in the environment. But you know, in the end, it's a book about fun. It's a book kids will have fun reading. You know, um, my son plays a lot of video games. I enjoy video games too. I wanted to write a book that can compete with that. So I wanted to create a lot of video games have create whole worlds. So that's why there's an index. Cause I wanted to create a whole world too. Because the books that I loved growing up, like The Wizard of Earthsea by Ursula K. Le Guin, like The Lord mm-hmm. of the Rings, uh, like The Chronicles of Narnia, those books were about whole worlds. The people seem seem to imagine whole landscapes of fantasy. And so I tried to do the same thing with my book, because the whole world kids can step into, and not just the pages of a book. Now, when you growing up, I mean, this might show your age. What was the first game, or did you play with video games at all uh, when you were younger? I did play video games when I was younger. They were all the kind of Atari video games, you know, like Centipede, uh, Pac-Man, the great Star Wars games growing up. Um, did you ever play uh, Tetris? I think I remember playing that, too. So I was very much okay. into video games. I do remember going to arcades with my friends. And even from uh, back then when computer games weren't as advanced as they were now, they swallowed you up. They pulled you in. It felt like there were whole video games built around you. But I was also pulled in by all these great fantasy books. And I think there's something about literature, there's something about the pages of a book that I think is more compelling than anything you can have um, with a joystick or the controller. And that's why I, I just want to get kids reading again. Because I think that's, that's the building blocks for the personalities and for their success later in life. Well, you know, it's interesting. In Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, um, there's like a 50% illiteracy. The literacy across the country is is horrendous. People will be surprised how many people in our country cannot read. Uh, you know, at a basic, you know, elementary, you know, fourth grade level, and it's 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 um it's it's a shame uh, on our public school system. And so again, I I thank you for trying to write a book that kids maybe can relate to because maybe they don't want to read what the school is giving to them, which you know, okay, but they'll at least read something. And your book is um digestible because of the video game theme, of the fantasy theme. Uh, also of the different types of characters that kind of look like, and you make it very clear, this is what the character looks like. You know, because when um, that new movie came out, uh, the people got all in the uproar because it was a black character. The um, It was a girl. Well, the, 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 this the, the, recently the came out. The last Airbender, which was based on an animated series, is fantastic, but when they made the movie, they cast almost all um, white um, white actors in roles that were in the, in the animated series seem to be Asian or um, Native American. They cast them all with um, with white actors, and that caused an uproar. And the same thing happened when they made a movie version of The Wizard of Earthsea. The Wizard of Earthsea books, if you read them really closely, which I'm sure you have, they're actually supposed to be, and Ursula K. Le Guin has talked about this, they're actually supposed to be sort of Native American-looking characters with brownish skin. Yeah, no, I yeah. When they did the movie, the only the only black they, they cast Danny Glover as the wizard, and everyone else was was pretty much white, and that also got a lot of fans and the author in an uproar. It's so crazy how sensitive our culture is still to race, and how race affects. Uh, it's like a visceral feeling that people get. 
like, no, you cannot, that person cannot, you know, a black person cannot be God except for Morgan Freeman. You know what I mean? Uh, well, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. I, 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 well, that's what's amazing is that, and this is one reason I wrote this book, is if you want some of these fantasy series, like the Hobbit movies. I love the Hobbit movies. They're a lot of fun. Peter Jackson's a terrific director. But you couldn't get a couple people of color up in that movie. I mean, certainly Tolkien didn't always specifically say what color the characters were. And yet they created a whole, they created a female elf for the last movie who's not in the book. So they could create a female elf character, but they couldn't create any more characters of color in the book, or at least cast some black or Hispanic actors there. It's amazing they can imagine dragons flying through the sky, but they can't bear to imagine people of color in a fantasy environment. And that's something about their failure of the imagination to picture black people beyond simply uh, uh, historically designated roles. Yeah, I mean, it's like you said, books that were made for children are focusing on slavery, or even more recent books are focusing on uh, drug culture and the hood uh, type of things, and they cannot uh, get past that or not being published. I'm sure people are writing, but as you said, they're not being published, and that's the problem, and they, and they don't get out to the wider uh, audience, and, and that's the shame. Now, um, let's talk about a little bit some of some other projects. I know you wrote this book, but also coming up on Lifetime uh, on November 15th, I believe, Aaliyah, the book you wrote about Aaliyah, is, is coming on as a movie. Yeah, uh, Game World is my most recent book, but years ago, in 2001, I wrote a book about Aaliyah because I interviewed her for Time Magazine. She's one of my favorite singers. And when she died, it, I really took it hard. It was something that I, I couldn't believe that her light was gone from the world. And so I wrote a, a book about her for MTV Books. And years later, people still are in love with Aaliyah and her music. And Lifetime bought the rights to the book, and they made it to a movie, which is coming out November 15th at, uh, at 8 p.m. on Lifetime. So set your DVRs now. I went to Toronto to um, watch some of the filming. I think it's going to be terrific. I'm really excited mm -hmm. about it. The actress who plays Aaliyah, Alexandra Ship, is, 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 just, is just great. So I, I can't wait till people see it and see the, the kind of respect and tribute that were, were paid to this great singer. And now you also worked on something else coming out on HBO as a consulting producer uh, on a show about James Brown, Mr. Dynamite, the rise of James Brown. So many uh, things James are coming out about his life right now. Yeah, they just did a, um, a feature film about him. This is a documentary. This is the real story about James Brown, telling you the real story about Mr. Dynamite, the hardest working man in show business. Our film is called Mr. Dynamite, The Rise of James Brown. The director is Alex Gibney, who won an Oscar for his film Taxi to the Dark Side, and Mick Jagger of the Rolling Stones produced the film, and I was the consulting producer, and I, I wrote it. And, you know, if you love soul music... If you love the roots of American music, if you, just, if you just want to be entertained, this is what this documentary is about. But I also wanted to show people a bit about the history of American music. Sometimes we get so swept away by what's on the radio right now, we don't pay attention to the history of what came before it. And that's what this movie's about. But it's just great music that's going to make you want to dance. When you hear some of James Brown's music, you're going to recognize it. You recognize samples that other the hip hoppers have sampled from it. You're going to love it. It's a really exciting visceral movie. I just love it. Well, I'm looking forward to it because I want to see the real story about James Brown as opposed to maybe some of the made-up stuff. Now, okay, on a funny note, on a funny note, 
what is this coronation? What, what is coronation? Nickelodeon, what's going on with that? Talk to me because I don't know anything about that. My, my daughter okay. is like 20 years old now. <laughs> I, 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 the Legend of Korra is the spin-off series that followed the, the last airbender. It airs on Nickelodeon. People who sort of tweet about it put hashtag coronation. It's one of my favorite shows. It's a great fantasy show. Um, it's, again, one of the reasons why and I wanted to write this book, Game World, because I think those kinds of fantasies are really enveloping. Kids love them. The show is moving to online only after the season, which is too bad. But I think it will still get a lot of attention. If you, if you love fantasy, you should be watching uh, Legend of Korra, I think. But if you want to read about fantasy, you should check out my book, Game World. <laughs> Definitely. I'm going to be giving away copies of your book, Game World, so I encourage people to follow me at Keys on Twitter or become a fan on Facebook or tag me on Instagram. It's Saturdays with Joy Keys. Again, the book is Game World by Christopher Farley. Well, he has C.J. Farley, and he's also on Twitter, um, uh, at C.J. Farley. And um, now, if somebody, um, you know, what what do you think is coming next? Are you going to have a sequel? Yeah, well, the next big thing for me is tomorrow at 5 p.m. at the Brooklyn Book Festival, I'll be speaking at the Youth Pavilion uh, about fantasy, about my book Game World, about world building so if you're there you know check it out it'll be a lot of fun at the brooklyn book festival bring the kids anyone ages you know 8 to 14 it'll be great to see them so the the brooklyn book festival 5 p.m i'll be speaking oh wonderful well again i want to thank you so much for calling in this morning i know especially when you have kids you might have a lot of things to do Uh, thank you for taking the time out um, I'm a parent, so I understand, but my child's grown. Again, everybody check out C.J. Farley on Twitter. Check out his new book, Game World. I'll be giving away copies of Game World, so you want to follow me at Joy Keys or become a fan on Facebook to find out how to win. Thank you so much, Mr. Farley, and good luck. Uh, this uh, Your thing at 5 o'clock. Mention that again, 5 o'clock, and where is it again? At 5 p.m. at the Brooklyn Book Festival. I'll be speaking at the Youth Pavilion about Game World. Hope to see you there, and thanks for having me. Okay, you have a great Saturday and a great weekend, okay? You too. Thank you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. I just got off the phone with C.J. Farley, uh, author of Game World. It's a new book for teens, lots of fantasy. Um, It's also showing people that look like African Americans, uh, uh, East Indians, um, all types of characters, That a multicultural book. So check it out, Game World. Um, Also, I'm going to be giving away copies, like I said. So, again, follow me on Twitter. Become a fan on Facebook. Uh, It's a wonderful book for kids, teens. Um, It gets them reading. It gets them away from the video game, but still it's about a video game. It's about a fantasy world with kids, multicultural. Check it out. I hope you guys have a wonderful Saturday. Stay tuned. In a couple minutes I'll be talking with uh, actress Essence Atkins about her show on Up TV called My Other Mother. So you want to stay tuned for that. Over there, over there's the water. Whoosh, whoosh. And look at all this stuff I'm standing on. It's called sand, and it's everywhere. This woman may sound silly to you and me. It's made up of little tiny pieces of rocks. Teeny little pieces of rocks. But to her two-year-old son exploring the world around him, (laughs) she makes perfect sense. How does it feel when you touch the sand? Is it warm? Uh-huh. It's hard to hold in your hand, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Learning starts long before school does, and children are naturally curious. They want to learn, so follow their lead. Take simple, everyday moments, like sorting laundry or playing on the beach, and turn them into learning moments. Is 
Is this water? No. Very good. This is sand. Oh, no, no, it's not food. It's sand. We don't eat sand. <laughs> Turn everyday moments into learning moments. Find out how at pornlearning.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.